You know you're a bad man when you have your own theme music. And for those of you who don't know and recognize this, this is the theme from Shaft. But there were a couple of bad men in that Eastern Conference playoff game yesterday, starting with one Kyle Lowry. His running mate, Fred Van Fleet, and then the man that propelled them to a Game 7 matchup against the Boston Celtics, one Norman Powell. As we hear the famous words, Game 7. Once again, in this playoff bubble in Orlando. And with that, we say welcome to Uptempo Sports 24-7 with your host, Coach P. And yes, folks, we are looking at another Game 7. This one via a double overtime victory by the Toronto Raptors. After Game number 5, we thought that the Boston Celtics may be in control going into game number six. But I guess that's why they play the game. And I guess that's why the Toronto Raptors are the reigning NBA champions, even without the reigning NBA Finals MVP Kawhi Leonard. Toronto is showing the moxie and the grit of a champion. And Kyle Lowry, folks, is as tough and gritty as they come from West Philly. Kyle Lowry, 33 points. It's not even just about the points. It's the way that he sets the tone for this team, both offensively and defensively. He is maybe not the best athlete, but folks, it's not even about athleticism. It's about your heart. And no one has a bigger heart when they're on the floor than one Kyle Lowry. Same could probably be said of Fred Van Fleet. The guards, the backcourt is what's keeping and what has kept and sustained Toronto in this series against the Boston Celtics. But they got a major contribution off the bench from two guard slash small forward Norman Powell. He hit a big three in the second overtime and then some closing free throws that were the difference. And the Raptors prevailed 125-122 in double overtime find a way to scratch and claw to win this game, to end this series. They got a terrific performance from Jalen Brown. That's two games back-to-back as he found his rhythm in game number five and scored 27 points. He turns back around in game number six and drops 31. His running mate, Jason Tatum, phenomenal game, 29 points, 14 rebounds. But the catalyst for the Celtics, even in this loss, had to be one Marcus Smart. For those of you who did not see Marcus Smart play at Oklahoma State, he was a dog. He was a star on the collegiate level. These last few games, folks, now you understand why the Boston Celtics consider Marcus Smart one of the key ingredients to them being able to win. He hit five three-pointers in this game. That was not even one of his strengths coming out of college. So the last two years, he's worked on that aspect of his game. 23 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, triple-double. Marcus Smart. He almost hit the three that would have sent us into a third overtime. 
He got a great look, kind of an off-balance shot, though. But, folks, this game was a dogfight. And if you think it's going to be anything less than that, when we get to a game seven tomorrow, you're going to be sadly mistaken. This is going to be a slugfest. And no matter what happens, both of these teams have pushed each other to the brink. And we have gotten phenomenal basketball in the in the playoffs from the bubble. I don't even recall the playoffs being, I can't remember when the playoffs were this tough, just when we had everything being on an even playing field. These two teams have battled this out. It's going to be sad to see either one of these two teams lose. But unfortunately, we can only have one winner. They can move on to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat. So I hope the Heat are ready because whoever comes out of this, they're going to be, it's going to be a dogfight in the next round. It's going to be a dogfight in the Eastern Conference Finals for whoever Miami has to play. One of these two teams is going to be locked and loaded when they get there. Game seven, although Boston had major contributions from their top two players, their third player and their leader, one Kimball Walker, did not have his best game. He only had 11 points. I'm sorry. Kim is going to need to get more than that in order for them to win the next game. I'm looking for Kimba to get at least 20 to 25 points the next game and have at least six to eight assists. They need Kimba Walker, folks. Although they got major contributions from Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart, I still think that Kimba is the engine that makes this unit run. They're going to need their captain to propel them if they want to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Kimba had a chance in the overtime, first overtime, to possibly go to the free throw line. There was a call that should have been made. I thought it was a foul. Fred Van Fleet was on his back as he attacked the basket. The referees followed the the referees swallowed their whistle. If you're making calls throughout the game that are tough calls, then you have to make those same calls when the game is on the line. Now, I'm not for the referees determining the outcome with BS calls at the end, but folks, that was a foul. Um, You win some, you lose some, you miss some, you make some. I guess that's how they look at it. So, I'm just looking forward to game seven and I really don't have a horse in this particular race. I just hope that we can get the same effort in game seven that we saw in game six. Both of these teams played their hearts out. We move on to the Western Conference playoff with the Denver Nuggets on the verge of elimination, folks. Kawhi Leonard is showing you why he was the MVP in the NBA Finals last year. And he is showing you why, maybe before his career is said and done, 
he could possibly be a league MVP. Kawhi Leonard, 30 points, 11 rebounds. His running mate, Paul George, who showed up the game before, didn't show up in this game. He stayed in constant foul trouble. He only got 10 points from Paul George. It didn't matter. Kawhi Leonard, probably the best two-way player in the game today, took on the defensive assignment of shutting down Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, folks, I think that Denver is on their last leg. I think that the energy and the effort that they put to get to this next round once they beat Utah in a game seven, I think it's now catching up with them. You can just see it. Jamal Murray's having to work too hard to get a shot. And Kawhi Leonard is just too big, too long, and Jamal is, is struggling. The Joker does what the Joker does. 26 points, 11 rebounds. They got great contributions from Michael Porter Jr. in the first half of this game. 15 points, but he became the invisible man in the second half. Folks, I understand that Jamal Murray and the Joker are your best two players. I understand that you run your offense through them. I understand that you like to do the dribble handoff and high screen and high screen and roll. But when you're one of your best players is not on point, you have to look to find another score. And Michael Porter Jr. was that guy last night. Unfortunately, there were not any plays run for him in the second half. Somebody else has got to step up and the offense has to change based on what's going on when one of your best scorers can't get his shot or his shot is off or he is being defensed by one of the premier defensive players in the league and Kawhi Leonard. You got to find another score, whether that be Jeremy Grant or like I said, Michael Porter or we get a Paul Millsap contribution one way or the other if Denver wants to extend their season one of these three guys I just named has to step up in lieu of the fact that Jamal Murray is under siege defensively by the Clippers if it's not Kawhi Leonard then it's that pit bull Patrick Beverly but it looks to me folks like Denver is just run out of gas like they just don't have the legs or the energy to be able to compete with all the weapons that the Clippers have at their disposal. They're going to be a team to beat in a few years. And I'm referring to the Nuggets because they're only going to get better as they get older and they learn from this experience this year. They're going to get better. They're going to add a few more pieces down the line. Michael Porter is probably going to be a key ingredient for this team as he gets stronger and he as he gets more confident and get better and coach Mike Malone and that staff. They get smarter about how they use this young man. You're going to see Denver be one of those teams down the line in the Western Conference that's vying for an opportunity to get to a Western Conference final. But right now, they have to get through the Clippers And I think that the Clippers will close this series out tomorrow. I think it's just going to be too much Kawhi Leonard. 
And I think at some point you're going to have to get more consistency from PG-13, Paul George. We've seen what he can do when he's hot. I think Paul George will probably show up tomorrow. If he doesn't show up, they're going to need at least a showing from Lou Williams. Somebody's got to come to the party with Kawhi, even though it doesn't look like that he's asking for much because he's doing it all himself, both offensively and defensively. But if they want to be successful in the next round when they get to the Western Conference Finals against either the Houston Rockets or the L.A. Lakers, they're going to need somebody else to come with Kawhi to the finish line. Speaking of those Lakers, they have an opportunity tonight to put their foot on the accelerator and possibly in Houston season if they can take a 3-1 lead. They're up two games to one. They had a virtuoso performance from Rondo the last game. Playoff Rondo showed up. They also had that great performance from LeBron James that we talked about. But we failed to mention that in that game and with that win, LeBron James became the all-time winningest player in the playoffs in NBA history surpassing Derek Fisher as he with that win captured his 162nd playoff win surpassing Derek Fisher who was the was tied for the lead with LeBron at 161 so LeBron now stands alone as the all-time leader in playoff victories I know that's not what's on the forefront of his mind right now. I know that he is trying to get that fourth title. That's what was motivating him down here in this bubble. But folks, just wanted to tell you, that just goes to show you how elite LeBron has been in his 17-year career in the NBA. And it doesn't look like he's slowing down. That's the thing that's scary. At age 35 and 17 years in, LeBron James still looks like that he has another good three years left in him at this level in order to still try to capture more championships. But they have to start tonight and they have to put the Houston Rockets away. I still think that they need to go back to utilizing their size and not playing Houston's type of game, which is small ball. But I will say this. They did get, like I said, a great performance from Rondo. Markeith Morris has played very well the last few games for the Lakers. Danny Green has got to get his confidence back and find his shot, folks. His shot is missing in action. And like I said before, I think that Coach Vogel needs to make a lineup change because right now he is not been he is not he is not a asset to them in the starting lineup. So I don't know if they're going to make a change tonight in the starting lineup, but if it were me, I would be thinking about trying to make a change in the starting lineup. They need to get this game tonight. They do not need to give Houston any more confidence. They need to go ahead, step on their throats, and take a commanding three games to one lead in this series. So we'll see what the Lakers bring to the table tonight. But, folks, these playoffs have been phenomenal down here in Orlando. And we're going to have our plate full tonight because, as we told you before, 
Tonight begins the NFL. Hooray. Thank you, NFL. We didn't know if we would see this day in this particular year, in this particular climate, but we are. So we're going to have the reigning, not only MVP of the Super Bowl and the reigning Super Bowl champs, Kansas City Chiefs, on display tonight against Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. So that should be an interesting game. I've already given you a preview for this game. I told you I think Kansas City would win this game by at least 10 points. I just don't think that Houston is the same team without DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the league that's now in Arizona. Deshaun Watson's going to do what he does. He's a magician from the quarterback position. But when you take away his key essential weapon, I don't know how much magic he can bring against the star caliber offense that Kansas City has to offer. So we'll see what happens tonight. But we're going to take a small commercial break. And then we're going to come back to talk about some news that's occurring in the NFL. And also tell you about other things that are occurring in the world of sports. This is Uptempo Sports 24-7 with Coach P. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be right back. That's right, folks. You know what that sound is. That's the sound of the season that we have been awaiting for. And that is the return of football via the National Football League. Welcome back, NFL. And welcome back to Uptempo Sports 24-7 with Coach P. Yes, folks, the NFL. We weren't sure if we were going to see it this season. We're keeping our fingers crossed that we will get a complete season, but at least we're going to get to get to see the start of the 2020 NFL season starting tonight. We've already given you our preview of what we believe will be an exciting season. We've told you about the teams we think will win the divisions, both in the NFC and the AFC. And we're also going to give you um, tomorrow's On tomorrow's episode, we're going to give you our preview of week one and who we think will win in week one of the NFL season. But let's give you some information that's going on right now with the NFL. I spoke about Jason Peters, the former All-Pro offensive lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles, how the Eagles brought him back when they had released him and brought him back on a one-year deal for $3 million. And I told you that he was trying to get the Eagles to give him a pay increase because instead of him playing right guard in the absence of their all-pro right guard who was out for the season, Brandon Brooks, they now had to move him over to the back to his original spot, the left tackle, because they lost their left tackle uh Mr. Dillard, so now they were putting Jason Peters back at left tackle and he wanted more money. Well, I guess I was wrong, folks, because the Philadelphia Eagles have given a restructuring of his $3 million contract 
and now he could potentially make $8 million and they gave him $4 million guaranteed. So I guess I was wrong. I just personally felt like that when the team sorts you out and brought you back, that you had an opportunity at that particular point to negotiate whatever contract that you could get for that one year, regardless of there was going to be a position change due to an injury, you're still playing on the offensive line. I know left tackle is the premier position on the offensive line, but right guard is also in today's climate in the NFL, a position of strength, a premier position on the offensive line as well. So my whole thing was if you wanted more money at the time, you should have negotiated at the time. But hey, I'm not a part of the Philadelphia Eagles organization. I'm not the one signing the check. So kudos to Jason Peters for being able to get more money. Let's see if he is going to be able to stay healthy enough to give the Eagles the contribution that they're needing to protect their quarterback, one Carson Wentz. Speaking of the NFL, there was a story that came out from Dallas about Dak Prescott and him sharing with basically the world his story about what happened to his brother who we found out committed suicide and was having mental health issues and also that during this beginning of this pandemic, so was Dak experiencing some anxiety and issues with what was going on. The reason why I'm speaking on this subject matter is because we as a society don't look at these issues when it comes to athletes. We think that athletes are unbreakable that they are immortal to some extent that they are superheroes and so that the things that may affect you and me as everyday guys does not affect them but mental health is something that's serious in the United States and it's something that needs to be addressed and needs to be taken seriously so Dak Prescott tells his story and then you have someone like Skip Bayless from Undisputed the host of Undisputed wants to come out and says that Dak revealing the fact that he was dealing with some issues in regards to anxiety and the death of his brother makes him out to be a weak a weak individual and that that's going to be something that's going to make him susceptible during the season as a player folks skip skip missed the point all the way around i don't understand how that coming forward to talk about what happened to his family and what he was experiencing makes him a weak individual if nothing else it just goes to show how strong he was to be able to come out in public and reveal this not only that folks he's a football player but he's a person first so we should acknowledge the person that he is 
and what he may be going through and struggling with and not sitting here and pointing a finger at him and making it seem like that he should not be able to talk about real life issues that all he should be concerned about is playing football it's almost on the same level as that reporter for Fox News who told LeBron to just shut up and dribble these athletes folks are real people these athletes have real issues they have real substance to them and we need to stop trying to downplay their significance in our society and I don't understand how Skip Bayless who works across from an athlete a Hall of Famer and one Shannon Sharp how he can even part his lips to talk about the fact that a man who not only lost his brother because of mental health issues that led him to him to commit suicide but he himself was suffering with some things we all have gone through something in our lives and especially during this time frame with the COVID and this global pandemic everybody has been suffering in some form or fashion so for you to take it lightly that this gentleman it was going through something I think is absolutely ridiculous and disrespectful and I know that Dez Bryant put something out there and several athletes have responded to Skip Bayless and I understand that when you do these talk shows and it's two people you always have to have a it's like a good cop bad cop you always have to have a hero and a villain and skip appears to be the guy that does not mind wearing the black hat but it's one thing to do your show and to be at adverse with certain topics when you're doing your show it's another thing when you're talking about real life issues that hit that can hit any and everybody and you take that lightly or take that with a grain of salt and you want to sit and criticize someone. We've seen so many people that have fallen by the hands of mental illness, whether they committed suicide, whether they had to have to be on medication. We've seen this. And so for you to sit and talk about how Dak Prescott should be carrying himself and that make it seem like that this is something that he's making up or that it's not a serious matter that was going on. You really need to check yourself. And far as I'm concerned, your employer should have checked you as well because it's just certain lines that you don't cross. And to me, I think you cross the line as a professional when you set out to say what you said about this young man. I don't know Dak Prescott personally, but like I said, it's hard enough that he just lost his brother due to this. And then you have somebody who wants to come out here and spit fire talking about, oh, you're not, you're supposed to be a quarterback and a leader. Leadership has nothing to do with you explaining how you felt during the course of the time when you lost a loved one. That doesn't make you less of a person, doesn't make you less of a man. I think Skip Bellis doesn't understand how it is to be as much as he talked about race on Undisputed when all the things were going on early on with 
George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all these other issues that we were talking about and you appeared to be on board. I'm not saying that this is a racial thing, but I'm just saying is that for blacks, mental health and mental illness is something that we do not, especially black men, that do we do not address ourselves. And that's us that is a stigma for us because it does make us if we come out and talk about it, this is the reaction. And this is why a lot of people don't come out and talk about it, because this is the reaction that you get from a lot of people. And sometimes, especially white people. And that's unfortunate. So I would hope at some point that somebody gets in Skip Bayless's ear and makes him realize what he said and checks him. And maybe, maybe he will, for the team that he so-called loves, the Dallas Cowboys, maybe he will reach out to Dak Prescott. Maybe he won't do it publicly, but maybe he will reach out to Dak Prescott and apologize because what he said was asinine. It really was. And insulting. I'm going to move away from that now. And I want to talk about something that I didn't hit on the other day when I heard this story. EA Sports, the makers of the Madden football game decided that four years removed from not only the NFL, but from their game, that they would be adding Colin Kaepernick on this year's version of Madden. When I heard this, I started laughing out loud because I said to myself, a man who can't get a job in the NFL, a game-making company is going to put him on their game. And I started thinking to myself, what is the sole purpose of this? Just like anything else in a capitalistic society, folks. Ching, ching. EA Sports had a epiphany. And I guess they said, hey, we can make some money off of this. Although Colin Kaepernick is not in the NFL he probably will never be in the NFL again. But this is our opportunity to ride the coattail of what was going on after he was dismissed slash blackball from the NFL. Now we can come back and on a game, you make Colin Kaepernick better than Cam Newton, who was a current player in the NFL. That really doesn't make any sense. Not only that, what I thought was very interesting too and curious was that when Cap was playing, we know he knelt. You know he was kneeling for racial injustice. We never saw Cap put up the fist for black pride. But in the game, they have Cap, if he scores a touchdown, raising his fist in the end zone. What Cap's signature was when he was playing was when he scored a touchdown, he kissed his bicep. So that just tells me that this is a money grabber because now you want to appease every every person that's that's out here raising their voice for social injustices. This is your opportunity to say, hey. We understand what happened to Kaepernick and now we want to do something about it. We're going to put him back on the game and you have an opportunity to make him your quarterback for your team if you so choose to play with him. 
And we're also going to show you that we are down with him showing his blackness. That's what it sounds like to me. And that's ridiculous. But a part of me also asked the question, if they reached out to Colin Kaepernick to get him to sign off on this, because I'm thinking to myself, if they use his likeness and he's not in the league, did he get paid for this as well? So is this a twofold situation where EA Sports decided to find a way to make some money? And in the process, they broached a deal with Colin Kaepernick and he now can make some money as well. I don't know exactly how that works, folks. So I can't sit here and say that it's definitely true that Colin is making any money off of this appearance that he will have on this game. But I just think that it's very, it's, it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Help me out here, folks. Very curious to why now you as a gaming company want to add a player to your system that four years ago, not only did you take him off your system, but in a song that was on the game, you made sure to delete Kaepernick's name out of the song. He was a part of the original, when the song first was released, Cap's name was mentioned in the song. Once Cap got blackballed by the NFL, you all made sure that his name was removed from the song. Here we are four years later. And because of all the things that are going on with Black Lives Matters and realizing that Kaepernick, what he was kneeling for, what he was trying to get us all to see and recognize was that there are real issues in this country that need to be addressed. Now you, as a gaming company, are now trying to find a way that you can make a profit off of this. It's just unbelievable. And like I said, I don't know if Colin Kaepernick is going to make any money off of this as well, but it's something to think about. It leads you to to sometimes question what people's intentions really are. And you can definitely see the intentions of this company. Like I said, I don't know what Cap is getting out of this if anything at all, but it leaves you scratching your head and saying to yourself, do people really understand what we're out here fighting about and what our voices are being used for when we talk about systemic racism and social injustice? I'm just going to leave it right there. Folks, we thank you for tuning in to Uptempo Sports and we wish Serena Williams, all the best tonight as she's trying to prepare herself to the finals so that she can finally capture that 24th Grand Slam that she has, which has been eluding her for the last few years. So we wish her all the best in her quest this evening. And we hope that you are as ecstatic as we are about the NFL being back. We will give you our picks for week one on tomorrow's episode. But until then, it's same bat time, same bat channel. Enjoy tonight's NFL and enjoy tonight's NBA basketball. Peace.